What's up, party people? It's Al Lover. Got a new Elevated Transmissions podcast for you. Uh, It's been a little bit. Been busy doing other things. Had to get a real job because I'm broke as hell in this great state of Texas. And so I've been working a bit. Um, Haven't been able to focus that much on editing the podcast for the last little bit, um, which I am slipping on. But we're back at you been doing a little more music too did a remix for uh the swedish band that i can't tell you all about quite yet uh still in the beginning phases but hopefully you'll be able to hear that soon a really cool swedish band um that's got some weird psychedelic jazz lounge 70s b-movie vibes going on uh so hopefully that's in the works um of coming out just turn that into the label i uh i am more inspired it's been a long time since i made some music been focusing a lot on this uh pet sounds comp since i've been here and trying to get this podcast up and moving but i finally got to the point where i think that the music is coming back into my veins and i'm stoked Uh, but anyways so this week we got shannon and the clams uh on the podcast they did a great version of I Just Wasn't Made For These Times. Um, It's a really cool, minimalistic, sparse approach to that song with some really kind of left field uh, experimentation um, that they involved with the recording of that song. And we talk about that. Uh, Some of Shannon's experiences working at the mental institution where the Cramps played back in the day uh i can't remember the name of the mental institution um but she says it i still have not seen the footage which playing myself because i love the cramps and i've known about it for a long time but there's so much other stuff on youtube and there's only so much time hopefully i'll get to it one of these days but anyways so yeah this is uh my conversation with shannon and the clams and uh talking about pet sounds talking about uh just their creative process and and making the i wasn't just made for these or i just wasn't made for these times track so i hope y'all enjoy it and um here we go Uh, just a quick side note on this interview the editing is a little weird uh i recorded this at the house that Shannon and the Clams were staying at when they were in town for South By, I believe it was. And yeah, there's just some kind of high-pitched noise in the background that's kind of annoying that I tried to clip out here and there, but it it seems to be uh, omnipresent in the interview. So I apologize for that. I'm still kind of working out the logistics on recording the bands and how the best way to go about it is. Um, Definitely uh, need to get some better gear as time goes on, but DIY or die, guys, because you got ideas, you got to get them out, even if they're not perfect. And uh, I know some of y'all are into that lo-fi. 
So uh, this is a lo-fi interview with Shannon and the Clams, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. All right. Does it feel like we're in a radio station? Yeah. Yeah? All right. I feel pretty professional now. <laughs> it took a second. Uh, guys, Shannon and the Clams, thank you so much for uh, joining me here on this beautiful Austin afternoon. Thank um, you. Hi. Thank you. You're so very welcome. Oh, um, I really appreciate y'all being involved uh, with this compilation, and I was really stoked on uh, on the way the the record came out. And uh, just wanted to chat with y'all a little bit about the process of making the record and the influence of the Beach Boys with y'all's music and stuff. So, I mean, did you guys grow up with Beach Boys or Brian Wilson at all as kids? I never liked the Beach Boys until I saw... (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know why, but even when I was a kid, I didn't like it. I don't know. I can't even describe why. I'm not a big Beach Boys fan either. Good God. (laughs) What's going on? Well, I was... I've kind of told this to every band that's been involved. Like, I would never... It was never my thing back in the day. And then... So, I got more into, like, their doo-wop references and stuff like that i got more into like the black side of doo-wop and like the the novelty records and stuff like that so it never really resonated with me as much but i appreciate it now and i appreciate brian wilson like what he did and i like it more as it as i grow it's like very it's so i actually love them now but there was like there was one specific moment but actually in reference to what you were saying it if you like get into black records and stuff it feels like it feels like a very their version is like a very white version, you know. That's it's my like, issue. With but it. then it gets, but then, but then it gets sort of like psychedelic and cool, right? Oh yeah, no, like, and and I think that's kind of what I've come to understand. There um, is a very specific uh, moment when I watched a live performance of theirs that was filmed. Uh, it was like black and white, really beautiful. Um, I just found it on YouTube and I watched this whole concert. Oh wow. Theirs and then I like loved it. I don't even know how to describe why, but it like made sense after I watched that. What year was it from? Do you remember? I don't know. It was they were really really young. It was probably sixties. Okay. um, Black and white TV performance. What about the rest of you guys? What's the the history? I feel like when I was a kid, I just they were just some weird omnipresent thing that I didn't understand, you know? You heard, like, the Bermuda Bahama, come on, pretty mama. Of course, yeah. You know, like, that was, like, (laughs) what I thought of. And, like, it wasn't until later, I had a bandmate in another band I was in who was obsessed with the Beach Boys, and he broke it down for me and told me, like, all all these factoids and played me all these songs. And I think that when I, I got Smiley Smile, I just liked that one. Because it's like a never-finished record, you know? It's falling mm-hmm. apart. I like hearing all the, the like, broken-down versions of... The slipping into insanity yeah. of Brian Wilson. That was the record that really sold me on, though. That's cool. Yeah, it was, it was later for me. I feel like all my friends who were big fans became fans when they were, like, 14 or 15. And I feel like... Up until later, most of the early stuff is such like 70s, 
such teenage themes. Well, it's novelty records, you know? I mean, it's like surf is just a novelty term. It's not like these were surfers, you know? I think one one of the dudes in the Beach Boys surfed or something. Drummer, maybe? I would say. Yeah. Uh, what Wilson. Really? Dennis. One. Dennis. <laughs> Dennis yeah. Wilson. The ladies' man. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Shannon? I, I feel like everyone's crazy. I've loved the Beach Boys since <laughs> I was born, I think. I came out the womb. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've always loved it. And I feel like I kind of slowly discovered the weirder stuff as I got older. As, as mm-hmm. I matured, I kind of got more into their weirder stuff. I definitely grew up loving all the hits. And then um, getting really into their more depressing songs, like in my room and God only knows and things like that. There's a lot of existentialism that starts popping into the mix. I think with pet sounds for and sure. And nihilism. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. The song that you guys recorded, I think is a perfect example of that. <laughs> that song's so sad. It's so sad. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, that's, I, you know, I think, I guess like growing up um, with the Beach Boys had such a presence in contemporary culture, like especially in the 80s and stuff with like we were talking about the movies that it was like in Teen Wolf and like I think Flight of the Navigator and like all these like quintessential childhood movies for me. I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm like 34. So it's like that's just, like Beach Boys were everywhere. Yeah. And they were on the radio all the time. Full House. Full House, yeah, John Stamos. Did you see that, like, they played recently and, like, John Stamos came out <laughs> and was, like, rocking the guitar with him? Whoa. Yeah, I saw some Uncle pictures Jesse's online. Back. We were talking about bringing Stamos to the festival to maybe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, so how did you guys go about the process of the song? I mean, I think my favorite aspect of y'all's version is, um, I mean... I'm a big fan of like weird percussive stuff. So like the intro, like kind of like drum sound organ thing. What was that? It's a synth. It's um, oh. we we uh, it's we have the synth that we we've been using a lot, and it's just you know it's an analog synth. It's got a ton of parameters, and we were just which one is it? Uh, it's a mini brute. Okay, I have a mini Moog. Okay. So yeah, I'm uh. I'm like delving. I think like everyone else at this point in time is like delving into the synth nerd thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the was it? Did you guys? Just, you were just messing around was, and found that. It was actually a real specific idea. Uh, I wanted to make it sound like wood blocks. I th- I just thought it would be cool to have wood block sounds. So we were messing with the wood, trying to make it sound like wood blocks. We we did it. We were playing a show. We recorded most of that synth stuff and the percussion stuff. Um, during a during a sh- or like backstage at a show. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was at Great American Music Hall. We were backstage before the show was starting. In that's the height. I I don't I think it was New Year's. Right? It was New Year's. Yeah, because yeah. I flew in to play that, and then we were just going time backstage, and we recorded that. But I didn't, well, I didn't even know what we were doing. We just brought the synthesizer out, and then me and Nate and Will were just messing around with it. And it's perfect. It works so well, and I thought it was like I thought it was like a old vintage like drum machine because you know they have those wood block sounds. The yeah, like I love those shit. Yeah, those things. so like 
I was like, wow, where'd they get the sound from? Eventually, but we all played it at once. We were, we were, we were, it was three people playing this tiny synthesizer, and <laughs> we were just trying to make it, uh, yeah, we were doing that woodblock thing and arpeggiating it and making it weird. It really, it really sounds cool, and I think it gives it, like, uh, you know, uh, the weird, the weirdness factor, you know, it steps the weirdness factor up with the, like, the sound that you can't really describe. But I mean, I, I think you guys did like a, I wouldn't say like traditional version of it, but it's, I would say that like for me being, uh, you know, knowing you guys' music and a lot of what I kind of associate with that is like, like the like really guttural growl of like the vocals a lot of times, which I remember the first time I saw you guys, I was like, oh, Shannon does like all the lead vocals. And then I was like, oh no, uh, you know, Cody's got like a same similar register and a similar growl and stuff like that. But in this version, like you guys kind of tamed that down and it was like a lot more of a tender kind of vibe with the vocals. You get the one good one in there. <laughs> what, what made you like decide to kind of like, I guess, like give it more of that mellow approach? Well, I spent a lot of time alone, separate from everybody with the song and just... I felt like I was studying it. I had to break it down, which it, it like took me days of figuring, like separating the layers and listening to all these different versions of the song and trying to figure out. You had like a vocal only version, right? Yeah. Which really? Where'd you find that? Uh, a little website. It's called YouTube.com. Oh yeah, they got yeah. everything, huh? Isolated vocal tracks. Mm. Um, but man, there's. <laughs> Uh, there's so many more layers of vocals than you even think. There's lines in Spanish. Yeah, I know, what? right? Yeah. Just like back in the mix? The yeah, you should listen again. The falsetto voice during the chorus uh -huh. is Spanish. But like, no, seriously, That's there's crazy. so many hidden little nuggets in this song. Um, give, I'll, it, I'll look it up. Isn't it like cuando será? No. no. Yeah. And then dia será. Not like será, but yeah. No. Something like that. That's I don't know. We'll look it up. I don't even know what I'm saying. That. <laughs> at all. But I remember recording it. Well, that's for me. Like that's the aspect of like you know growing to kind of respect what Brian Wilson did from initially not being as much of a fan, but like understanding that it was like cool or whatever, but not being like that's my shit. It was like. <laughs> Getting into this record and, you know, the, the post uh, Pet Sound stuff, it's like the extreme insanity of it and the texture and like all these the nuances and stuff is like, it's insane to me. Like, wh and someone that could just like compose that in their brain and then just like, okay, you guys, we're going to like rent the band and then, yeah. you know, come on through. I guess that's why I didn't end up going super crazy all over it because that was my original idea because you wanted us to interpret the song. Yeah, of course. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do my version. But once it came down to dissecting everything and um, separating each part and looking at it and then trying to put it back together in my style, it just felt like I was going to make it a huge mess. Mm -hmm. And um, the way, even just the way it's mixed, 
they do a really good job. At, I mean, you can't even hear that Spanish. But if you took the Spanish out, the song would sound different. Oh, yeah. Totally. I, I mean, well, that's all, like, with all their vocal arrangements and the harmonies, like, you can kind of see that. Like, without those, it's not it's not really anything, you know? And, like, listening to the instrumentals of those songs without the vocal harmonies on it, it like, adds less, so much to the to the um the layers of the harmonies yeah like this the guitar parts like sound weird on some of these songs like this i when we learned it i went and found uh the chords for the song and they are insane it's just a string of like like cuckoo fringe (laughs) like really bizarro chords you know and it, it just doesn't stop they just like there's a series of so i didn't actually learn all of those because i didn't have time but i felt everyone was like in the process of learning the songs and just being like, holy yeah. Jesus Christ, like, what have we got ourselves into? Also, I mean, when I listened to this one, when we were learning it, I it seemed like, it felt like the first, probably one of the first times that a recording artist had, like, had unlimited studio time to just, like, do stuff. Yeah, and just, unlimited like, money. More, more yeah. stuff. Because, uh, I don't know. I, I, most, like, pop music, you listen to it and it seems very like it, they wrote it out very specifically and it's like they laid it down and this seems like they did a one pass and then you just sat with it for like a few hours and then did another thing on top and then like kept going with it. Yeah. But I don't re- really know what happened. So what happens when you give crazy people money. I I just uh another aspect I like is I I feel like it's a real minimal kind of sparse situation y'all's version in terms of just the mix and like the percussive element which is like it's super minimal it's, it's just yeah like it's barely yeah anything. it's um, I, w- I wanted the during the aside from the percussion that they added i wanted the most of the the beat to focus on that like on the chorus when it comes in the yeah yeah, just give it like more dynamic for the for the song. I think it makes it more impactful for sure. Yeah. And it just comes in as like four on the floor kind of like. Mm. Yeah. That's just all of us jumping up and down <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> in the back of uh the uh in the back of the um Great American Music Hall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys, you did you did apply some Brian Wilson-esque techniques to the to the mix. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, so when like when do you guys remember I guess individually, like kind of hearing pet sounds for the first time and being like, "What the like? What's going on with this record?" Like, or or maybe you'd heard it a bunch, but then there was a point where you were just like, "Wow, I get what's going on here." Or was it a given? I don't know. I remember when I first heard it, um, and realized it was different than all the old, more uh, popular yeah, poppy stuff. Sunshine. Yeah. Everything's fun and great. It definitely um has a dark cloud over it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I got so obsessed with that album when I was probably nineteen and I worked in a mental institution and I listened to it all the time and I played it at work all the time. And everyone everyone liked it, I guess. Oh yeah, of course. That's great. when did you work what you worked in a mental institution? Yeah, I worked at um Napa State Hospital. It's like, did you ever see the cramps live at Napa State? I have not seen that footage, though. I know that it exists. Yeah, I worked there. Is it on YouTube? Yeah. All right, I need to check that out. <laughs> I I remember he- I remember hearing a lot about that 
particular thing, though. But why did they play there? What was the thing? I don't know exactly why they played there. My I mean, I assume, like, Lux was just like, yeah, we should just play at a... Let's play a mental, mental institution. institution. <laughs> that could never happen now. Good reverb on those, like, <laughs> yeah. on those, in those walls. Um, I don't know. My mom worked there at the time, but she was on maternity leave. Wow. Um, with one of my brothers. I don't know how they got away with it. But back then, it was... Um, it was more of a hospital for crazy people where they had to keep them kind of behind some walls, but they weren't necessarily very dangerous or criminals. But when I worked there, it was a a hospital for the criminally insane. So basically prison for Whoa. mentally ill people. That's heavy, dude. So would like you like put it on and like all the inmates would like chill out and kind of mellow out when the when the record was on. Yeah. Because I have this like image in my mind of you just being like everyone just kind of having like a great time listening to the Beach Boys. Well, I had uh, I would always bring this like big zip up thing of CDs to work, and always try and put my music on. It would always get taken off. There was just a few things I could play. I could play the Supremes and the Ronettes, and I could play. Uh, Led Zeppelin, and I could play that <laughs> Beach Boys Pet Sounds. So no, like, ministry or... Spanish I would get ministry <laughs> taken off all the time. So like, they're getting a little violent in the in the uh, <laughs> rec room, guys. Uh, can we just not play the industrial stuff? There was a guy that had a huge sound garden tattoo. Like, wrist. Yeah, I would say he belongs in a mental institution. <laughs> I wonder if there's got to be more than just one Soundgarden tattoo floating around, right? I I bet there's so many lower back tramp stamp Soundgarden tattoos. Really? Because they had like, they're like, wasn't their logo kind of like, it was like a, like a tribal kind of thing or something? They had, I think they had one tribal vibe. Yeah, there was a tribal vibe for sure. Oh, man. Pretty Um, Noose is still a really good song though. Just in case you guys were wondering. You know, I never, I never really, I think, I remember when, like, what was it, Black Hole Sun or whatever? Uh-huh. I remember I bought that cassette from a buddy of mine for uh, How much? his birthday. How much was the How cassette? How much did you pay? Oh, I don't know, whatever a cassette cost at the time. Probably I don't remember. Ten. Twelve ninety nine. Probably twelve ninety nine. At the warehouse. Well, yeah. Sorry, guys, I'm kind of out of it this morning, so I, d- I apologize if I'm not being uh, super inquisitive or, uh, <laughs> you know. Doing Sharp reporting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not on point sharp. right now. Yeah, I need, to, I need to go get a couple more hours of sleep. But that's fine. I think uh, that this is good. And did you guys have anything else you wanted to discuss um, about this particular situation? No, I was really excited to do it, and it's amazing that he's coming to Levitation to play is a big deal. That's yeah, big deal. I think I think so too, and I and I think for me, like to be involved to kind of like help arrange this and get get the whole thing together was like a, an honor, you know. Like, and to have you guys involved was definitely great because, you know, I've been seeing you guys play around the bay for years, and really thought that it would be like a good fit. And I think you guys did a great job, and I really appreciate it Thanks. so much. I felt so lucky to get asked. We so we felt um, like we didn't 
belong or fit in or something what? when we played Psych Fest. I don't know why. why? And some people like uh, thought so too. Really? I, yeah, see. but but at the same time, it also felt so right. See, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think with what the festival did, like kind of rebranding to be like Levitation. I think they're opening. They want to open up the umbrella to. I can't speak for them personally, but I think this is kind of how they did. It's like they want to have like all these different types. They want to have like ambient experimental experimentalism and then like have like a hip hop thing or like, you know, a rock and roll thing, but all like under the umbrella of like this is spawned out of the psychedelic age of experimental. That's something I really liked about it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think and I think it can be that. And I think a lot of the people that listen and are fans of the festival are music lovers uh, with, you know, that appreciate a bunch of different genres. So, yeah, I mean, I think you guys are a perfect fit, but and uh, definitely for the comp for sure. Yeah. But thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you taking some time to chat with me about this. You're very welcome. All right. Peace. So, yeah, y'all, that was that. Shannon and the Clams. Great people. Uh, very highly entertaining. Um, love the music. Love that band. I mean, I've been watching that band since, I don't know, 2010-ish, maybe? I don't know. It's them uh, being a staple around the Bay Area when I lived there, uh, saw them. I don't even know how many times at so many great venues and it was always a pleasure and they're just fantastic uh, fantastic musicians they make fantastic music they got the new record Gone by the Dawn uh, out on Hardly Art a really great label which I'm sure most of you are familiar with so go purchase their new record buy their music I'd say stream it but I don't know uh, I'm not really sure of the breakdown. Anyway, just listen to music, share the music. Um, but yeah, so uh, check them out. They got the song on the Pet Sounds compilation we did with Levitation. So you can get that compilation at uh, levitation slash austin.com. That's where you want to pick that up. And you should get it because there's only 2,000 pressed. And that's all we're probably going to press because... You got to keep them limited. Keep it limited. Keep it uh, boutique. And um, hopefully we'll do more stuff like this in the future. So, you know, support the cause. But yeah, so uh, this is me signing out. Uh, I really appreciate y'all listening in and uh, being interested in these nerdy conversations about the Beach Boys and Pet Sounds and the bands that were involved. All of the bands... uh, that did have a part in this compilation. Um, I'm really just so stoked to have worked with them in this capacity and um, support those bands. Go see them when they come through the town that you live in, buy their merch, do all that stuff that makes you a good supporter of independent music, um, as you should. So, yeah, until next time, we got a few more of these uh in reference to the Pet Sounds compilation, and then we're going to start rolling out some with bands just um, talking about the bands. And we got a few of those lined up interviews coming up soon. So stay with us and stay tuned, and we will continue to bring you more engaging conversations about music nerddom. All right, 
I love y'all and thank you so much for just checking out this podcast and uh, your continued support. I appreciate it. All right. Peace. 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 Peace.